thanks for listening to the LCR Media Podcast, where we get to know the pros. I'm your host, LCR Naylor Taliaferro. And on today's IBG episode, let's talk about storage facilities versus a shop. And we can sprinkle in, you know, working out of your drive or working out of your garage too, just just for just for good measure. Um, but at any rate, this has been a topic that I have talked about or at least touched upon many times on YouTube, my YouTube videos, my on my YouTube channel at Lawn Care Rookie. Um, probably hard to find. I don't know if I have any dedicated episodes, but you could always go on my channel and click on the search bar on my YouTube channel and type in storage or shop or any of those keywords and some things might might come up um, if there's if I put any of that stuff in any of the titles or whatnot. But I, I know I definitely talked about it. Actually, there is a I do remember a dedicated video that will come up um, way back when I decided to make the when I was uh, making the decision to go from my garage to a storage facility. And I went into like, you know, the whole philosophy of a lot of things there. Um, but I didn't really talk about a shop because one, I, I didn't, uh, I didn't really have any experience with that. I didn't, I didn't know of any shops in the area. I didn't feel that that was something affordable for my business. You know, it, it just didn't make sense. That kind of an expense for my business. I mean, I was solo still and, you know, just growing at the rate that I was growing at and, I just was outgrowing my garage and wanted to have more space for personal things in my garage, wanted my wife to be able to park in the garage and all that. So I definitely have gone into that story a little bit on other podcast episodes um, and also YouTube uh, videos, again, at LCR or, at, or Lawn Care Rookie, either one. You should be able to be able to come up on uh, YouTube. But uh, just real briefly, again, to, to hash that out, um, I just wanted to grow out of my, I, I wanted to move out of my, my garage. And the next, the next necessary step or logical step in my mind was a storage facility. And that's the main key here is that I think there's a somewhat universal or a majority um, of a logical progression. You know, when you're building your lawn and or landscape business, to go from your garage to a storage facility to a shop. Now, you know, you might you might skip one of those steps or not have the ability to do any, one of those steps or some of those steps. But that what is what I feel like is that the natural evolution, at least for folks in my situation. My situation is I live in a part of town where there's a lot of HOAs, a lot of neighborhoods, suburban type area, homeowner association HOAs with a lot of rules and regulations where you can't, again, I've talked about this before, but just to rehash for those of you that are new or just to save you the time to go digging just for some of this um, brief information here. But, you know, there's a lot of rules and regulations where you can't, you know, like if you have a boat or something, which I don't have, but I just mean like you can't park any of these kind of things, a boat, a camper, uh, park your RV, um, any kinds of trailers, big moving trucks, box trucks, any of that kind of stuff that's not a personal use thing, just like a car, you know, automobile, motorcycle, things like that. Um, you can't have anything above and beyond that just parked in front of your house, on the street, or in your driveway. It's just not part of just about every neighborhood's rules that I've ever been a part of, that I've known of over my entire life. 
Uh, obviously, some neighborhoods are sh- more strict than others, but I'm pretty confident that in their bylaws or whatever the, their rules and regulations are called, it's in there somewhere. Um, just again, some are more stricter than others, more strict than others, and uh, you know you just have to deal with that. So I, that's those are the neighborhoods that I work in, and those coincidentally are the neighborhoods that I live in, lived in and still live in. You know, I've moved. Um, since since the time that I started my my business, but still same kind of philosophy. So I've always had to have some sort of backup plan. And originally, I was just using my garage when I just started because I was trying to save as much money as possible. You know, just like everyone when you're first starting out, you have very minimal expendable income, very little cash flow. You're kind of putting everything right back into the business, whatever you can anyway. And you, you know, you still probably have personal bills that you have to pay and so on. Um, you know, so you're trying to keep your expenses as minimal as possible. And in most cases, your expenses are pretty minimal. If you're starting out solo and you just have the bare necessities, you know, a mower, trimmer, blower, a truck, maybe a trailer, you know, whatever. Um, so I started out with, um, I started out basically actually with my Jeep, Jeep compass and, you know, push mower, trimmer and blower, all homeowner residential versions, all just shoved in the back of my Jeep compass. That's what I started part-time for year one. But then when I went full-time the next year, I traded that in for F-150, a used old F-150 that looked good and professional, worked good, got me through five years before the engine started leaking and I had to replace that truck. Um, but that's another story for another day. I've also touched upon that several times on podcasts as well, uh, podcast episodes of mine as well. But that's how I started. I also got a a, a single axle five by ten trailer, so that fit nicely into my garage, basically like the size of a car or my F one fifty. If I was pulling it into the garage, that's what my trailer did. And that, so that's what I did in the, in the first year or two, something like that. It, it, it was very short-lived because, for one, I knew it was I was probably on borrowed time. You know, my neighbors were pretty understanding and supportive, but I didn't know how long that was going to last. Me pulling, you know, backing my trailer in and out every day uh, for work and um also the, the, the rule, you know, the whistleblowers, you know, the rule followers of the neighborhoods, you know, driving around, you know, the the Karens of, of the world out there driving around, you know, that are on the board, you know, looking for those, those rule breakers so they can send, send you the letter and give you a hard time. Cause they have nothing else better to do with their life. Right. I, I'm sorry. If that's you, I, I'm sorry. I, no, no harm, no foul. I just, uh, those people rub me the wrong way sometimes, but it is what it is. I get it. There's rules. You got to follow the rules and I get it. I'm a rule follower for the most part, um, but I just knew I was on borrowed time. So I wasn't, you know, trying to push my luck. Plus we were moving into an actual house. We were just renting this townhouse at the time. And then we finally found a nice house to move into in a different neighborhood, but still same kind of rules. Didn't know how strict those people were going to be, but I didn't, but my, most importantly, I didn't know my neighbors. So I didn't want to, you know, uh, get off on the wrong foot and upset my neighbors and, and, and everything. They're, they're all cool things that were fine. But I wanted to make alternate plans as soon as possible and not keep running my business out of my garage anymore, pulling my trailer in and out and so on and so forth. So, uh, again, I went through a whole thing of, you know, do I get in and close? You know, around that time, I was also kind of getting sick of a smaller trailer, having to constantly go back and forth throughout the day a lot of times, changing out equipment. Uh, because I couldn't fit everything all at once, all the different things that I was accumulating for different jobs, you know, whether I was doing some landscape maintenance or just mowing or a combination of two, I just couldn't fit it all 
in, in my trailer, my five by 10 trailer, a lot of times I'd have to go back and forth, swap stuff out. So that started to get annoying and frustrating and unproductive and, and uh, reducing my profits just because of all the time that it took to do that. So I'm like, well, do I need to get a bigger open trailer? Do I get an enclosed trailer? All these things. Um, do I factor that into storage? If I get an enclosed trailer, I can get a, a, a parking spot in storage, or I can just back, I get a really big storage unit and back my trailer, you know, whatever size trailer it is, small or the big, a newer, bigger one into that, just like I would do in my garage, like I was doing in my garage, like, you know, maybe have some room left over for some extra equipment stored in, in that storage unit as well. Don't have to worry about loading and unloading my trailer and either of the trailers really in those scenarios. So a, a lot, a lot of pros and cons, a lot of things I weighed out again, went into that in real depth and actually went on some trailer uh, when I was on like a tour basically of going to some of the trailer, local trailer places, looking at trailers and comparing them and so on, because I was really trying to figure this out over the winter when we were moving from the townhouse to my, uh, our current house, I was really trying to figure all that out, the pros and cons and, and weigh it all out. Getting a shop was never in the cards for me at that time, because like I said, one, there wasn't, there, there still isn't any shops nearby. There are some on other sides, different sides of the town, but like it would just be a waste of my time. It's like 20, 25 minute drive to those areas just for a shop, you know, make the guys drive out there for no reason. Like, you know, it, it, it just didn't make sense to me. I don't work. None of my lawns are on that side of town. So there's just no, I don't, you know, I don't live on that side of town. So it just doesn't make sense. Try to keep everything all together on the side of town that I live and coincidentally now work, you know, all these different neighborhoods surrounding where I live some in the neighborhood where I live because I got them before I moved there. Um, I'm not a big fan of doing work for my neighbors. So I, I wouldn't have normally um, accepted quotes in, in, in the neighborhood that I work in, but you know, they're, they're, they're far enough away. I feel like for my personal space that it's okay to keep those yards um, and, you know, pick up some, some newer ones if they come along. Um, but for the most part, I don't have a lot of work in the neighborhood that I actually live in. Um, but all the surrounding neighborhoods is where the, all of our work is. So it just doesn't make sense to go out of my way for a shop or anything like that. And even if there was a shop close by, I just didn't think at the time and still don't think that my business is ready for that kind of expense. As, as awesome as it is, as convenient as it is to have your own shop. I mean, I've been on a lot of shop tours over the years. Again, check out my YouTube channel at Lawn Care Rookie. Um, actually, I don't think I said that yet. Or no, no. What am I talking about? I have. <laughs> Banging out so many podcast episodes, I can't remember what I'm saying on some of them. But yeah, as I was saying, I have a video of trailer shopping and a lot of other videos. But I have a playlist on my YouTube channel for Get to Know the Pro Series, episode one and two. And that's literally me physically going to other other contractors, lawn and landscapers, shops, spending the day with them, you know, maybe we're going fishing or going, you know, go-karting or whatever the deal is in between all that, just having a good time, kind of like a day in the life of this person, you know, million dollar lawn care company or solo owner operator or everyone where, and everyone in between YouTuber or not a good variety of folks with a lot of great stories. I think 20 something episodes all together between the two seasons, a lot of good content there, but I've been on a lot of shop tours on, on those uh, on those trips and videoed all, all of that. And it's really cool and convenient and, you know, 
um, efficient to have a shop. You know, you can, most people have an office within their shop, a bathroom, time clock for guys to punch in and out. You know, you have an area for all your maintenance. If you have a mechanic or you're doing it yourself or, or your, one of your guys is helping out, you know, place to store lots of things, you know, a, a, a break room in some cases, or just a spot for you to plug in a fridge and, you know, garbage can and a counter, maybe a microwave for guys, you know, if they're close enough to the shop to come back or, or always come back to the shop for lunch breaks and things like that. Like just really, really convenient scenario to be an efficient, you know, prof- more professional company. If you have a shop, I mean, it's, it, it's really, uh, it's it's really it's just really cool to have that but these are all larger companies in most cases that have a shop you know to have that kind of expense or they just have a just they're in a really good situation really good area of town got a really good deal on a nice shop they can pull their trucks and trailers in there and park them all in there or just pull the trailers in there and unhook them and leave them in there all loaded up and then maybe they have some parking spots just outside you know the bay doors or whatever in the parking lot to to park their trucks there but either way it's it's really like a nice separate location to have all your stuff place for all your guys and girls to come park their personal vehicles. If they're, you know, not carpooling or getting dropped off places for them to park their vehicles and, and, and just, just have a nice destination there. Cause you know, there's a little bit of finagling if you don't have that situation, like where I'm at now it's storage. So that is kind of like, I think a lot of people's goal is to get to that point or find like a really good bargain, really good, you know, situation to be able to have a shop, whether they're a big million dollar company or not, or approaching that or not, or that's their goal or not, they, they might, you might still just have that goal of wanting some sort of a shop for yourself, just so that you can work out of that and kind of keep this thing separated and not deal with storage facilities. Cause there's pros and cons with all that. So that's, you know, that it's, uh, I, I think that's, that's ultimately everyone's goal. Um, unless you're just staying a small solo owner operator and then, and, and you can work from your garage. A lot of folks I know that don't live in these kind of neighborhoods or have neighborhoods that are just really lax on the rules or don't have any rules. That, that is a thing too. I have some of those around here. They're like the big, like older wooded neighborhoods and just kind of everyone just does their own thing. Then there's the rural areas that you drive kind of away from these suburban neighborhoods and there are no real neighborhoods or, you know, homeowner associations with rules and all that. You just kind of do your own thing. You've got, you know, maybe a couple acres of land, whether it's all woods or some, some grass or whatever, and you can kind of put your own little mini shop in there. Sometimes you have a detached garage or you have a shed or you put a shed in for your shop or you, you have a carport that you throw together that's a lot more affordable just so you have something covering you know your trucks or trailers or all the above equipment things like that you can keep it all locked up in some cases or or, you know you're just yeah a lot of cameras you're not really worried about it i don't know i feel like you need all that stuff cameras lock things up you just never trust anybody these days but i know that's a scenario too a lot of folks are able to do that which saves you a ton of money because you're not paying anything monthly for that it's it's on your own property you can go out there and work on stuff whenever you want Sometimes you got that overlap of personal professional time and it might get tricky sometimes and things bleed into each other and it's hard not to work. 
when you're supposed to be doing personal things like spending time with friends and family or, or sleeping or eating or whatever. And you, it's really easy to just kind of, oh, let me go tinker around with this or let me go work on that. And so that kind of becomes a little bit of a challenge sometimes too, if you're someone that really wants to keep those things separated and not just always be working and not always have work on the brain, you do need to um, unplug sometimes and, and take a little bit of a break from that. So when you're all your stuff's at home. That makes it a little more challenging versus having a shop or storage and you just drop your stuff off, lock it up and completely separate yourself physically from it and drive away and go home. Um, so that's, you know, those are some pros and cons there as well. So those are just kind of that, though, that's like the shop situation. You kind of build your own shop if you're in a neighborhood and you have the resources and the space to be able to do that. Um, or, you know, you can find potentially a shop facility in a town near you, you know, um, if, if that's applicable. So for me, it's not right. I just said that a little, a little while ago, it's not applicable for me, uh, from an expense standpoint, I don't think my company is anywhere near the size that I would want it to be revenue and physically, um, in need of a storage, um, sorry, (laughs) a shop as well as I don't think, uh, the, I can, I I can afford that expense either, Um, especially the fact that I don't need it physically, all that space, again, as as convenient as it would be and as nice as it would be to have, it just doesn't make sense for me and my business right now. But I know a lot of folks that that, that it does. Even locally, I know some folks that that, that have shops and have, you know, their shops have evolved. They've moved from different locations to different shops. They've built shops from scratch. Uh, as their company expanded and they moved outgrew in a different shop, they had to build a bigger shop and more land and all that. Toro's new Revolution Series lineup provides you with a smarter, more connected fleet that makes your operation more efficient than ever before. It's the products you already know and love, just supercharged with Toro's Hypercell battery system. Learn all about Toro's new Revolution Series line at revolution.toro.com or click the link tree in the episode description to get you there fast. And on um, a recent episode um, that I recorded that will be coming out next week, I believe, with Charles Nelson with Stepping Stone Landscaping. He is a local Richmond um, competitor, technically, (laughs) but a friend of mine, local business, and we talked in depth about his uh and you know his exciting expansion of his company and how he is finally moving out of storage a storage facility um, and and getting a shop. I don't remember all the details off the top of my head because it was a little while ago that we talked about this and I've talked about so many things in between and so many people with so many people. But it's it'll be on it'll be all be on those episodes coming out I believe next week. So stay tuned for that. But we talked all about it. He had a, a he had a lot of storage many storage units and he had all kinds of issues with the storage facility. So this is another good example for you guys that I wanted to bring up on this episode uh, because it's, it's completely different than my experience with storage facilities. So, you know, he's on the other side of town. I don't remember if there's any shops around him anyway. Um, but you know, he, he, he just like everyone or most people, the, the natural progression was to get one storage unit, a parking space, another storage unit, another parking space, so on and so forth, right? Rinse and repeat as, as his business grew more employees, more, more, uh, well, First, more accounts, you know, more properties, more work, more jobs, um, more contracts, more employees to get that work done and so on and so forth. Rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat. 
to the point where he had, again, I don't remember the numbers, but I know he had several parking spots, several storage units that were very clean organized. I, I haven't seen that the, the, the most recent uh, iteration of that. I have been to his storage facility, I think a couple of years ago, actually, before my podcast and everything. I don't think I recorded it or, or anything on, on YouTube. I think we just... We just met, I think, oh, I remember why. He was going to let me borrow something, uh, some some things that he had. I think it was a hitch he was going to let me borrow because I was trying to find a nice heavy-duty hitch for my for my new truck at the time. Oh, I still have that truck. But at the time, I was looking for hitches and getting a lot of feedback and opinions from people on social media. And he was like, hey, you can come borrow one of mine. I'm not using I don't really use this one that much for, for my trucks or or I'm going on vacation, maybe it was, so I won't need it for a week. So if you want to borrow it and check it out and see something along those lines, again, great friendship. I really appreciate Charles uh, over the years. Um, we, you know, we've worked together more and more and got to know each other more and more, hung out with each other more and more. So that was years ago. And I, I went there to, to pick that up and also check out his, his uh, storage facility while I was there. I was in a storage facility over here on the other side of town where I am now. Um, and, you know, I, I, it, I, didn't have as many as he had at the time. I have since also acquired more storage units. Um, but he always, he always keeps it organized, keeps a tight ship and it's just continued to grow from there. So, uh, we will be trying to schedule a time, hopefully this week, if not this weekend at the latest for me to stop by again, to check out his storage facilities because he is growing into a shop. Uh, he's grown into getting his own shop. So he's going to be actually moving out of all the storage units or starting to move out on Tuesday of next week. So uh, I have until before that to stop by and check out his storage units, his whole setup and get it on, on YouTube for, to share for, for, you know, I'm going to see it with my own eyeballs, which will help me because I'm a storage unit facility guy uh, currently and probably will be for the unforeseeable future for all the reasons why I just said about me in a shop and all that, and why it doesn't, doesn't work out for me currently, but also to share that with you guys and anyone else in YouTube world, right on in YouTube land, um, that, that will be hopefully watching that to see, uh, for yourself, like maybe get some ideas like, Oh wow, that's, Oh, that's cool. How you organize that like that. Or, and again, I'm just throwing this stuff out there cause I haven't actually seen it, but I just know he's a very organized person and I can just only imagine different things. You know, that it could be like, Oh, look at this shelving unit or oh, look at the way they built this, this whole thing over here to hold this or to put the, tr the trimmers like that and the shovel hand tools like that and wheelbarrows like this. And you know, the mowers over there and you know, what, whatever it is like, uh, you know, he's probably got a very unique setup and it could be something that inspires uh, someone to reorganize their storage units or to get a storage unit and try and set it up in similar ways, you know, or, or just tweak things, you know, and, and so on and so forth. So that's, again, that's, that's why, why I make this kind of content podcasts and YouTube videos. I enjoy doing it. I enjoy meeting with everyone. I enjoy interviewing everyone. I enjoy learning from everyone and I enjoy sharing what I learn with everyone. Uh, so that's, that's just been my thing since day one for the last eight years of the lawn care rookie YouTube channel, Instagram, and, um, now, um, uh, you know, the podcast and, and all the different events, live events that I go to and that I host, um, and then I'm a part of in different ways. So at any rate, with all that being said, one of the main reasons, in addition to him outgrowing, you know, I, I forgot what he also said, but he said something specific there was a certain number or something 
I don't remember if I, oh, I, I think it was a monthly, there was a monthly expense. Like when he got to a certain amount per month that he was spending on rent for, for storage, for all these storage units, that's when it was time for him to start looking at getting a shop. So that was his rationale from an extent standpoint, uh, from an expense standpoint, but also the other aspect was the the hard time, I guess, you know, you would call it of the storage facility. They were constantly raising their prices, uh, you know, they're raising the rent, which again, right. We're supposed to, we're supposed to raise our prices. I get it, but they were constantly raising their, their rent but not really doing anything, you know, better for it, which again, that, that doesn't, you know, just because we're raising our mowing prices doesn't mean we're increasing anything from, you know, we're still doing the same mowing, trimming, edging, blowing, all that stuff. We're just trying to be more profitable and keep up with inflation and all that. So I'm sure some of that is is why they raised their prices. But the point is they they were frequently raising um, their their rent and they were not allowing him to use you know, that they were complaining and giving them letters about, you know, throwing any garbage away in the, the storage facilities garbage. They used to be able to use their water and now they can't use their water like to like, you know, hose down equipment or, uh, you know, fill up like roundup containers or, you know, back, uh, backpack sprayers or whatever it was. Just just really nitpicking and, and then complaining, giving them a hard time for a lot of little just annoying things. And they weren't very nice. And I think they're, oh, another thing there was like, you know, stuff would break, like, you know, some of the, some of the, you know, like maybe the, one of the doors or something, one of the, the, the bay doors, the garage type doors that slide up and down for the storage units or something wasn't working well, or, or no, I don't know what it was. No, that, that was, that was me. I had that problem. We'll, we'll get that to that in a second. Um, the lights, right. I think that's Charles is probably like cringing right now, listening to me try and re, <laughs> re, uh, hash this whole thing. But anyway, <laughs> You can listen to the, what actually he said in, 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 in him saying it better himself on the episodes coming out soon. But I'm just trying to give you some, you know, some food for thought. And even if it's not exactly what happened, it still could could have happened similarly. But I, I believe it was um, uh, like the lights were out. You know, he had like like lights out and they wouldn't fix it, you know, like light bulbs or whatever it was, light lighting. Um, whether it was electrical or, or beyond or whatever that, you know, they wouldn't fix it. He would, he would tell them about it and they just, you know, blow them off or say, okay. And, and just never get to it. So it was like pitch dark, you know, in there and all this wacky stuff. So the bottom line is they didn't seem like very friendly people, very helpful people. It just seemed like more of an annoyance, just a pain in the neck to even be in that storage facility, you know, they, they, they would be there, you know, they'd get there early, have their meeting, load up and be out before the uh, storage unit even opened to, to the, to the general public, you know, to the non-contractors, people that are just coming in, you know, doing whatever they're doing with their, at their storage units, they'd be gone before that. So it's not like they were clogging things up with all their trucks and trailers or anything like, you know, Charles is, is a nice guy. Like, He's a professional guy, you know, he's, he's trying to follow the rules and, and, and be, you know, as nice as possible and considerate as possible. And, and these, these people just giving him a hard time for no reason. He's probably one of the, should, should have been one of their best tenants. Meanwhile, they're just not being nice and, uh, raising their prices. Like to me, that's like the opposite. It's, it's like me raising my mowing prices and then like not communicating things properly, not showing up when I'm supposed to, 
Um, sometimes maybe missing, you know, an edge here and there or forgetting to trim a corner here or there, like, you know, forgetting to blow off a little bit of grass that got into a mulch bed here and there, like doing those things and still raising my prices, that would kind of make people scratch their head. Like, what the heck are we paying more for? And they're not even doing like the best job every time consistently. Like, what's up with that? You know, and maybe on top of that, maybe I have an attitude or, you know, whenever I'm there, I have like a frown on my face and they come out and they wave and I don't wave or they're like, how are you? And I'm like, good, you know, just like shorten whatever and just keep it moving. Like all those little things add up and customers don't like that kind of vibe, you know, they're, they're not feeling that vibe. And then I'm raising my prices like what? That doesn't make sense. I mean, I'm, I'm painting kind of a more dramatized version, but hopefully you guys understand that's what I feel like Charles was experiencing as a customer of the storage facility. So that's kind of like, a, um, like a negative example, I guess, of, you know, a, a reason, some reasons of why to, to get out of storage, but it served the purpose for him. You know, he'll, again, he tells the story much better than me trying to regurgitate it at all. But, um, he, you know, he, he, he started like a lot of us with one unit and worked his way up as his company grew and he outgrew the storage units, the storage facility and the people's problems and attitude and all that. And, and now he's congratulations to him. He found a nice storage. Uh, <laughs> he found a nice shop for him to move into. And it's got all the stuff that I, you know, most of the stuff or all the stuff that I just said earlier in the episode, you know, all the, all the bells and whistles, office, bathroom, all of these kind of things, Elect electricity, you know, places outside for everyone to park and store things and so on and so forth. So that that's an example there. For me, I've had nothing but a great example, a great experience with my storage facility. I also started with one unit, grew to, you know, I started with a really big unit to back my trailer into and all that. And then, um, my my five by ten trailer. Then I decided to get an enclosed trailer, seven by sixteen enclosed trailer, dual axle, and moved out of that massive unit and moved into a parking spot, which was a fraction of the price of the monthly rent as the storage unit. So I spent more up front to you know like four thousand something dollars at the time. Gosh, imagine that getting a trailer for that nowadays. Um, in 2022, this was like I don't even remember what year it was. Uh, maybe 2018 or something like that you know, way back now, we're talking four or five years ago, probably when I got that enclosed trailer, you know, you put 4,000 something bucks with tax up front, but now I'm saving hundreds of dollars a month on uh, just a parking spot instead of a massive storage facility. I did end up getting a little, uh, uh, like the smallest, the smallest storage unit that they had um, for me to put like some, some of the seasonal equipment just to keep it out of my garage. Cause at one point I put it back in my garage at home, but then I was like, ah, it's still kind of clogging some stuff up. I just want this to be a hundred percent for personal use. Any mowers and trimmers and blowers is going to be what I'm keeping here at all times for me to do my own yard. Um, you know, and, and, and it's that kind of stuff. I don't want all this other junk just in here with the exception of my snow blower. That's the only thing that I've, uh, when I bought a snow blower, I, I kept that, I keep that in, in my garage so that it stays out of the elements. And, um, so I can do my own driveway to be honest. Right. I mean, I got it. It's a commercial Toro snowblower. I got it so that I can, you know, get my clear, my, my customers, my clients driveways. If we ever get snow, which we don't get a whole lot of snow around these parts here in central Virginia, we might get one good snowfall a year. Sometimes we've gotten more than that, but typically it's just dustings here and there, half an inch to an inch here and there. That's a whole another story for another day. But 
not a whole lot of snow removal here unless you're doing commercial stuff and you're just keeping an eye on parking lots whenever there's accumulation. You're putting salt down more than anything else. Um, so I have this snow blower. I use it more for my house than anything else, or it just sits in the garage more than anything else. But I keep it in my garage because I want to be able to clear my own driveway first before I, um, you know, load it up and, and, and take it, take it out to, to my clients potentially if they want me to clear it out. So that's the one exception there. Any other things like, you know, an aerator that I've always had a walk behind aerator and little miscellaneous things like that. I, I kept them because those are, you know, big enough to take up space in my garage and unnecessarily be in my, uh, enclosed trailer that has all my lawn care equipment in, you know, I keep, keep the aerator in, uh, had it in, in a small storage unit and just some other miscellaneous stuff. I really just utilized that small unit. Like, uh, what was it? I think five by five, maybe, or five by 10, something like that, whatever, whatever it was, it's a real, a pretty small unit, but just, just, you know, big enough for me to fit in those things. And I use that as an, as a, a way for me to clear out some more nonsense things out of my garage that wasn't needed in there. Things that maybe I would use at home or work. And I just wanted to get them out of the garage and I would store it all in there. So I did, I did have that. And then I had the parking spot, but I was still, you know, at that point then only paying half of what I was paying still for that one unit that, or that first unit, that large, the largest unit they had was what I got when I first moved in there. Um, but then over the years, I've expanded some more, right? Got rid of that super tiny one and then got like kind of like a medium size, I would say. I think like a 10 by 10 or 10 by 15, something like that. I don't really remember what the exact sizes of, of my units were. Um, but I know that now they're, they're 10 by 15s. Um, I initially, I think the biggest one that I had was a 10 by 30, I think is is their largest unit. That's a, a massive unit. If you don't know... It's hard to really. It, basically, you can fit a couple of cars in that thing. It, it, it's like it's like a a, a two car garage long ways. Like you can't fit two cars side by side like an actual garage at your house. But the the amount of square footage in a two car garage, a home you know garage is probably about the same amount of square footage as a ten by thirty storage unit. So it was a huge unit and it was really expensive. Um, so now I have a couple of ten by. 15s and then I have a a smaller I think five by ten or five by fifteen actually so it's really really narrow but long um, so I've got three units now so again there's a lot of progression there and I moved around the storage facility as I found ones closer together I would move out of one and into another until I could finally get them all together which is right next to basically my parking spot as well. So I kind of have like a whole row to myself when there's no one else there. Like first thing in the morning, there's typically nobody there. There's a couple other contractors of some other, other, uh, industries, you know, like, um, you know, uh, carpentry and things like that. They're also in the general area. So sometimes we're kind of there at the same time and it gets a little hectic and jammed, you know, with our bigger trucks and stuff being in there. But for the most part, I kind of have a whole lane to myself and closed trailers there. And my three storage units are there. One unit is the main unit for our mowing setup. It's got all the mowers, trimmers, blowers, some other miscellaneous things, um, you know, oil, you know, oil pan, things for all that maintenance, mower blades, you know, all that kind of stuff. Everything and anything for mowing, um, we keep it all in that unit. It all fits in there nicely with still room to walk around and do this, that, and the other thing if we need to without having to unload everything and so on work on the, if it's raining, we can work on some of the equipment in there and so on. 
the other unit has uh, all of my kind of like accessories, attachments. Uh, I've got a, a few attachments for my Toro Grandstand Multiforce, which is a mower that Toro has. That's awesome. Allows you to put attachments on it, powered attachments and not powered attachments, like a dethatcher, an aerator, a blower, um, a, a snow plow. I mean, uh, um, uh, like a big bucket for mulch, like a like a big, you know, almost like a wheelbarrow that's sitting on top of um, your mower, but it's all hooked up to this hitch receiver, um, and it's all hydraulic. So you 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 know move a couple of buttons, and it raises and lowers, turns, spins, activate all these all these different attachments do all kinds of cool things. They've got ten attachments in total right now, um, as you may have heard on a previous episode when I spoke to Jared with the Toro Company. There's ten attachments, and they're always working on more attachments to see what else they can do to get the most use out of that machine and to help contractors get more done with one machine, especially with the labor shortages that we're having more and more um, hard times with in today's day and age here, 2022. Hey guys, the Equip Expo, formerly known as the GIE Plus Expo, will be here before you know it, October 18th through the 21st. It's a great time. I go every year. I've been going for many, many years. It's worth it so in so many ways. All of the outdoor demo areas, plus the indoor showroom. Talk to all of the all of your favorite manufacturers and uh, meet new ones, find new ones, and all the networking opportunities. A lot of great events, great food, great times, great educational opportunities as well there. So go ahead and check it out. If you don't know what it is, you can click the link in the episode description there and you can check out all about it as well as register uh, you can use my code lcr to save 50 percent off at any time but if you register before september 9th you get the early bird discount which means with the 50 percent off it'll only be ten dollars per person if you use code lcr again that link is in the episode description thanks guys hope to see you there you know it's, it's better to have good equipment and machines to get the job done you know uh the you know the, the job of two or three people, you can get, you know, just one person to do it with the right machine and so on. Um, so lots of attachments there. I don't have 10 attachments, but I ha have a few of them. I've started to accumulate some attachments. So they're in that storage fa uh, facility uh, unit, um, my wheelbarrows, all kind of landscape maintenance, what little bit we do, all that stuff's in there, you know, buckets, rakes, shovels, all that kind of stuff. There's, t there's, you know, it's only about half full at this point. So it's a good spot for me to pull an extra mower in there if I need to, if I want to moving things around, you know, taking something out of the enclosed trailer or whatever. And I'm, it's kind of like a nice uh, flex spot for me or a holding space for me to temporarily put some bigger unit, bigger things in there. Like I said, a mower or something like that temporarily in there. So there's lots of space in there for me to still, you know, have room to grow if I need to, as well as, like I said, have like a, a staging area. That's, that was the word I was looking for. Don't have Mr. Producer in the uh, takeout window giving me those helpful tips there, but, uh, you know, helping me get my words together. Staging was what I was looking for. Um, so that's that That's that unit. Very necessary. I don't know what I would do with all this other stuff uh, without it. That's kind of like, like like a seasonal uh, um, spot there for all that landscape being and stuff. When mulch season, you know, I got stuff there um, and so on. Leaf cleanups, you know, in the fall, I've got a bunch of things there. I have a blower attachment for the mower and, you know, rakes and all that kind of stuff. Um, and then the, the final storage unit, the smaller, the, the narrow, but still, you know, longer unit, that's all of my turf um, equipment, which 
some of it's seasonal, right? I've got my aerators in there. I've got a stand-on aerator and still a walk-behind aerator that I can't stand using, but sometimes I still have to use it from time to time because it's just falling apart and it's just super unproductive. I mean, if you've ever used a walk-behind aerator, you know what I'm saying. Like The newer ones now are great. You can control the speed and they have steerable ones and you're still walking behind it. So that is like a game changer. Just the fact that you can steer it without, you know, killing yourself and yanking it around in the, in the turf. You can just steer it with ease um, and you can slow it down if you need to a little bit. So you're not, you know, being dragged around the yard, trotting behind it and all that stuff, whatever. So they've made a lot of changes and upgrades to walk behind aerators, but I prefer stand on aerators personally because they're so much more productive because you can only run so fast for so long throughout the day before your feet are hurting and you're exhausted. So it's a lot more productive and efficient and ultimately more profitable because you can get more done in less time when you're standing on a machine or riding on a machine or whatever. Um, so with the air stand on aerator, super efficient, you can just blow through yards on those. So I prefer that. That's my main go-to there. I've got an aerating attachment for my Toro Grandstand Multiforce as well. So if we're doing two for ones, you know, I can have one guy on one unit and me on another unit or two guys on units and I'm doing seed, putting down seed or whatever the deal is. Um, so you can get kind of more done in a short amount of time, like having a couple of mowers, you have a couple of aerators. So all of that, the minus the aerating attachment, the walk behind aerator, stand on aerator, those are seasonal. Those stay in that unit until um, aeration season, those couple of months, you know, August through October uh, time frame for that. But I have my ride-on spreader sprayer in there, which I use throughout the entire year. I have my Lesco spray. Um, push, you know, walk behind spreader as well in there. And then I kind of accumulate some, you know, extra bags of seed and fertilizer and things like that throughout the season. Um, you know, so I can, I have them when I need them, you know, if it's like leftover from the previous round or previous years, as long as it's not opened, it's, you know, still keeping a pretty good shelf life. Um, obviously not as good as when it's brand spanking new, but rather than throw it out or return a, you know, a one bag or something. I just keep it there. Just, I usually use that kind of stuff in my own house, to be honest. And my lawn is like the best lawn in the neighborhood. And it's almost better than most of my yards that I take care of, that I get paid to take care of. Um, so I don't know, you know, you figure that one out there, but usually I just kind of take my extra stuff and I just, Oh, what am I going to do with this? Well, I need to empty the spreader for the next round. Cause I'm putting something totally different. Anyway, well, I'll just go back to my house again for the second or third time and just give it, you know, round, round seven or eight, you know, I mean, don't come after me, Virginia. Sorry. Uh, you know, I, I'm just a homeowner at that point, right? I'm not doing it commercially. It's my own house. I'm just putting down a little bit here and there of extra, whatever I got. No, no harm, no foul. Don't come after me <laughs> anyway. Um, so that's, that's, that's that set up there. So those are my three units. That's where I'm at. I really don't need any more than that. Sometimes I think about, are there ways that I can shrink that <laughs> so that I can maybe go from three to two, but I don't want to be cramped and be inefficient. I don't want to have to be moving things around every day to get to stuff. I want it to be super efficient the way it is right now. Three separate units with three separate purposes. And we could just get in and out every time, you know, we're there every morning, every afternoon, whatever we need to do. If I'm spraying yards, the guys are mowing yards, everybody's got their lane, everyone's got their spot, no one's getting in the way. We just bang it out. And then the enclosed trailer has stuff in there as well all set up and ready to go. A couple other mowers. Um, I have a walk behind mower and things like that. Um, those stay in the enclosed trailer. Those are kind of backups. Or if we're just trying to really get caught up, um, uh, one particular week and I have someone to drive, you know, one truck and I have another truck, which I don't now, or I rent a truck or something, hook up the trailer and we can just really get after it. 
So a lot of different options there, a lot of versatility, and it's all right there in storage. In addition to all of that, I don't remember the last time they've raised my month rent, and I, I kind of cringe saying this out loud, right? Knock on wood. Um, this has been, I've been very fortunate to not have my rent raised, which I know it's probably only a matter of time. I kind of scratch my head. I don't want them to raise my rent, but I scratch my head. Like how, how are they not raising their rent? Like everyone else is raising prices because of inflation, but I've been fortunate for the entire time I've been there. I've never had to pay an addition, like an increased rate. It's always been the same. My, my rent has just changed based on what kind of, what size units and how many I've had. It's gone up and down, up and down and everything in between. So I've been very fortunate with that. The management of the storage unit, nice older couple, really nice, really sweet. Um, we talk all the time. They're uh, very easygoing. They let me use their water to fill up my tanks um, I don't clean anything off there. There's a, a self-service car wash right around the corner. So I used to use that all the time. Sometimes I still do. Um, but I also have my own pressure washer at home. So a lot of times I'll just, you know, bring some stuff home and, you know, clean stuff off real quick in my driveway. But sometimes that gets kind of gross too. And my, you know, I, again, conscious of trying to be conscious of my neighbors and not, you know, running my business out of my house. So if I'm bringing everything, all this stuff and, you know, all I'm up in my driveway and I'm, clean it all off. It kind of seems like I'm running my business out of my, out of my house again. So I do, don't do that very often either. So I still use a self-service car wash from time to time when I need to for that. So I really just use the storage facilities, water to fill up, um, you know, my, my spray tanks for, you know, Roundup, um, fertilizer, um, you know, weed control, that kind of stuff, you know, selective and non-selective herbicide, all that good stuff. And they're very generous to let me do that. They also have um, a, a dumpster, two dumpsters, one recycling, one non-recycling, and they let me throw a you know a small amount of bags. Obviously, I can throw any kind of regular garbage I want, recycling, all that kind of stuff. But from like a landscaping um, standpoint, if I have um, you know yard debris, whether it be bags of leaves in the fall or um, bags of shrub clippings throughout the season. I bag everything because well, I don't bag all the leaves. I bag small amounts of leaves, depending on the situation. Typically we mulch and blow leaves into woods, but some of the yards that we don't have that option, we just kind of get them into an area, mulch them up and then suck them up with the mowers and then, you know, empty that into, um, you know, um, yard bags, big plastic bags. And then, you know, we throw them in the truck or the trailer and the back of the truck or the trailer. And then at the end of the day, when we're at storage, we can just chuck them in the garbage. As long as it's like three or four at a time and not like a whole trailer full or a whole truck bed full of like 10 bags, you know, and fill up the entire dumpster or half of the dumpster with just my bags. That's the, what they don't want. So they're like, you know, because other people, other tenants got to be able to throw their garbage too. So I try to time it actually with the garbage, like when the garbage is coming, that's when I'll probably throw, that's when I tend to throw as much as I can in there because I know they're just going to empty it out anyway that day or the next day. So, but anyway, they're very flexible, very understanding. I, I'm very good about it. I only put a few bags at a time. Same thing when we're trimming shrubs, usually the clippings because we do it a couple times a year are, are small enough or we chop them, some of the bigger ones up enough so that they all fit in the garbage bags nice and compact. And we usually have, you know, four or five of them by the end of the day of several properties that were trimming shrubs. Um, and, you know, again, I throw those in the garbage. 
these are not things that apparently are typical for all storage units. I just told you Charles was having all these issues with his storage unit, not letting them, not letting him do any of that stuff. So I feel very fortunate that I have, you know, nice people that, that allow me to do that. And it, it, you know, saves me dump fees and trips to the dump and wherever else I would go to fill up my water. I used to do it at my house, you know, but again, trying to stay away from working out of my house and all that. So it's nice to have those conveniences. Um, and when things break, they fix it <laughs> like right away. Um, I've never had problems with electricity, but I did have, like I said earlier in the episode, it was me that had the garage door issue. Um, you know, one of my doors pulled it down and the whole spring snapped off and it got all whacked out and it barely opened and closed. I was like, oh man, but it was, you know, it was enough. I was able to open and close it, you know, halfway just to kind of get in and out of there. Um, but they were able to fix it in a couple of days. Um, the only reason why they couldn't fix it like that day was because they didn't have, they, they, they needed, you know, multiple people. They needed more than one person to be able to do it. And because of scheduling, staffing, whatever, um, they weren't able to do it right then and there like that day. They were able to get someone to help them out the next day. It wasn't them, not the older folks, actually. It was um, whoever, like the maintenance guy or whatever for their storage facility, brought someone to help him, had the parts ready to go and fixed it the next day. By the time I, I came back, by the time we came back to finish up for the day and unload everything, it was fixed. So really, again, really fortunate um, I don't know, you know, it's not really something you can, you can control, right? You, you can't control the people that are managing the storage facilities, but you know, if you have multiple storage facilities to choose from, that's probably something that you want to look into. You know, when you tour the different storage facilities, you're probably looking at pricing like everybody else. You're looking at, you know, what kind of storage facilities, how much parking do they have? Where is the parking? How much competition may or may not be in there? Cause that might be a problem. Might be good or bad. You know, if you, if you're all comrades and, and helping each other out, that's good. If they're like the, the, the haters that are just throwing you shade when they drive by and they're now in your, and you're in their storage facility now, that might not be so good, you know, whatever. So a lot of different variables there that you're looking at, you know, um, distance to different things, conveniences, um, can you use their garbage, their water, all that kind of stuff? Um, are they nice? You know, these are all probably things that you want to vet when you're looking at storage facilities, if you have more than one to choose from, which may not always be the case either. So again, all of these things that I'm saying are my experiences, some of my friends' experiences, you know, peers and mentors' experiences, a lot of good food for thought there. Um, but I, I truly feel like it's a natural progression I don't think one is better than the other. I think they're all necessary. They all serve their purpose for different phases of your business or just in general. Again, if you're going to stay smaller, then you probably are just going to stick with one particular scenario, either out of your garage or out of a storage facility. You know, when you grow too big, you outgrow the storage facility, find trying to find a shop or building a shop on your property if you can do that or find some land. I know guys locally that bought land and built a bigger shop than the one that they were renting, you know, because your business has, has grown to that point. If you can do that, then, then that's, that makes sense to me as well. So this was kind of, so I, I also wanted to share, I shared my evolution of my business too. And, uh, just for context as well, I didn't really say this for any of that, but 
I know Charles has many, has several crews, does mowing and landscaping. I have one crew and I just do mainly mowing maintenance, a little bit of landscape maintenance, like trimming shrubs and mulch in the spring, trimming shrubs throughout the year. Um, so that just puts a little bit of context, the size and the types of services we offer. Some of the, sometimes that varies too, right? If you're doing a lot of hardscaping, landscaping, and you need heavy, you, you're using heavy equipment like skid steers or dingoes, things like that to move material, dig dirt, um, all those kind of things, you're going to factor that in too, right? You're, you're not going to really put that stuff, you're not going to, I don't believe anyway, work in and out of your garage with those kind of things, tearing up your, your driveway all the time and so on. So again, that's something else to factor in, a shop or storage. Can you even put that kind of stuff in a storage facility? Possibly not, depending on what kind of storage facility it is. If it's a more of a rural storage facility, you probably have more flexibility with that kind of stuff. If it's more suburban in town, like the one that I am in, and a lot of them typically are, um, that makes it a little tricky. A lot of traffic getting in and out, you know, on and off the street to get in and out of the storage and all that kind of stuff, especially if you're pulling big skid steers and things like that. That's probably not ideal. But again, that's up to you to decide and work that out ultimately. So that's where I'm going to leave it at. Gave you guys a lot of food for thought, I feel. Hopefully might help you in some way, make some decisions or rethink some things or just, you know, reassure you of some things and maybe even inspire you of some things. Um, but if you were just kind of debating this in your head, thinking about, you know, my house, garage, storage, or shop, basically storage or shop. I mean, you know, I call my storage, my shop, like, you know, it's, it's the same kind of concept. It's just not a technical quote unquote shop. It's a storage facility, but we use it like it's our shop. We drive there every day. We pull up to the storage units. We open them, get stuff, load, unload, whatever we got to do, close it up. Boom. We're gone. You know, it's just, there's no office space to there, no bathrooms there, no refrigerator or anything there. So you got to come up with some uh, creative ways. You know, I've got a cooler, f keep it filled with ice, keep the drinks cold. Guys can grab them in the morning or at the end of the day and, and all that, you know, and you just got to kind of replace it every, every other day or every day, whatever, depending on how, how hot it is and that kind of stuff. But so instead of having a fridge, I have a cooler, you know, I, I guess technically I could get a small fridge and plug it into, um, one of the uh, light bulb outlets, right? You get one of those, uh, I got a, I have a, uh, an adapter where um, you can just take the light bulb out and screw in the adapter that you can plug stuff in and use the electricity coming from there. So I have one of those. So, but you know, those can only hold so much voltage. So I'm not even sure if a, maybe a small enough fridge would work um, for that. But at any rate, I could probably technically get a, a small fridge, but I probably wouldn't be able to hold near as much in that fridge as I can in a big cooler. That's super inexpensive and just buy a bag of ice, which is also super inexpensive every, you know, day or so to keep it cold and fresh and, and dump out the, the water every so often as well. So there's creative ways to kind of, um, simulate a shop feel and mentality, no time clock. That's not necessary. I use the service autopilot app on my phone, mobile app, and I punch the guys in and out, or they punch themselves if they're on their own, you know, um, mowing lawns that day, you know, the, the um, you know, the punch that the, the crew leader will, he will uh, punch the guy himself and the guys in and out. And I just obviously monitor that to make sure that everything looks legit and everyone's punched in and out properly so that payroll can be processed properly and people can get paid for the hours they worked and so on. Um, so, you know, time clock's not really necessary. I thought about maybe getting like a, a tablet or something and, you know, there's secure ways to mount those inside your, your work truck and guys could just punch themselves in and out that way instead of using their phone. And I'm just like, yeah, it's not a big deal. They just use their phone. You know, everyone's kind of got like 
unlimited data and all this kind of stuff nowadays. So if it's that big of a deal and they complain that they're, you know, they're using too much data to punch themselves in and out for, you know, for crying out loud, then, you know, we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. Um, but there's a lot of creative ways is what I'm saying to make things work for you, whether you have a shop or, or you, or you can only have a storage facility for many reasons. That's perfectly fine. That's what I still do to this day. And will probably do for the unforeseeable future. Like I said earlier, you, you know, you do, you do what works best for you, for your business. Kind of I like I've done over the years, kind of take different things here and there that I pick up and learn along the way. And I kind of incorporate some of it, maybe tweak it, adjust it so that it works well, better for my business and so on. A lot of ideas out there that I get inspired by. And that's why I'm making this episode for you guys as well, to hopefully inspire you um, if you need that inspiration. If if you are in that thought process of shop storage unit, what's better, what's worse, what should I do, when should I do it, so on and so forth. So that's all I have, guys. Thank you guys for listening. I know it was actually kind of, I say that's all I have, guys, but it's like 54 minutes in. So um, hopefully uh, you guys uh, appreciate all, all that content there. Look forward to Charles Nelson's episode coming out soon uh, where he goes into more <laughs> better specific detail about his storage unit situation and growth into a shop and all of that so that that's some good times it's kind of a preview for that episode too and just my perspective and my evolution of my business as well um and you know just like i said my opinion and perspective on storage shop and everything in between so thank you guys for listening thank you to the toro company for sponsoring the lcr media podcast and until the next episode this is the lawn care rookie signing off This has been an LCR Media and Mr. Producer production.